a short passage uh, from Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Um, we've sort of been going through a series on, on family over the last few uh, months, really, and um, uh, Jamie uh, has decided not to do that over the last couple of weeks, three weeks, which is absolutely fine. He can do what he likes. Uh, actually, they've been superb what Jamie's been doing. But I'm going to bring us back to the, the, the subject of family, and, um, and that's what I want to talk about today, uh, just how we are. And this, uh, this passage we're going to read from Philippians is an appeal by Paul to the church. He, he is making an appeal to the people about how we treat each other. And that's what I want to, uh, to look at. Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 1. Paul says here, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not, not look not only to the, his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exhorted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a wonderful passage that is. Particularly uh, the, the, the section talking about Jesus. So, and I'm not going to particularly focus on that and, uh, today, but it's a, it's a passage that stands on its own, isn't it? Just declaring how glorious Jesus is and what he did in coming to save us. And uh, uh, if, if you just want to dwell on that passage while I speak, then feel free. It's a glorious passage. But that's, I'm going to refer to it, but actually I want us to look at the first four verses that Paul says here. And before I do that, I want you just to notice um, just how I've sort of moved the screens around this morning. Very slightly different to what I normally do, what we normally do. Um, now, we've had these screens for a little while. And it's something about what we feel as a church uh, that, that God's put on our heart, is that we gather... Any teachers amongst us will realise that I've got this the wrong way round. But never mind, because we're reading, it should be reading that way to this way. But anyway, bear with me on this. I, I couldn't quite get that right. So we, we gather for encounter. That's what we really feel. That's what we've been doing this morning. We've been gathering to encounter Jesus, to receive from him. And then we go... For the kingdom. We take what we've received and go and bless the world. 
And we said that's really deep uh, within our DNA here. It's what we, what we believe God has called us to. We have great testimonies of people where they've, in their workplaces and, and uh, in school and what have you, have really been able to uh, touch people with the gospel and with the good news. We go out treasure hunting, and, and that's a, a way where we can just touch people with the goodness and the grace and the love of God. But what I want to ask you to, today is what's between those two signs? Pardon? Chairs. <laughs> Who's on the chairs? Church. Church. Okay. It's a very weak illustration, but I'm trying here. I'm trying here. It reminds me of a of a of a, of a joke, um, which many of you will know. What did one eye say to the other eye? No. There's something between us, and it smells. Okay. <laughs> it's the best I can do. Anyway, um, and maybe you think, think about the church like that. Anyway, but uh, hopefully not. It's not that relevant, but uh, I just thought I'd throw that one in. Um, now, we can, we can think uh, that actually the most important thing for me is to come to be uh, met with by God and then to take that and to go and bless the world. And actually, that's absolutely true. The church is here to bless the world. The church is here to encounter God and to, to meet with him and to go and bless the world. But actually, uh, there's a third really vital ingredient that the church must be, is that, that it serves and loves and cares for each other and one another. And we want to be ones that, that take the goodness of the kingdom. In, in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, it says, uh, and it's just Jesus talking to the disciples, it says there, you've got that girls. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So the call to the church is to go and take the good things that we've received to the world, to, to, to see them delivered, and, and that's really what we want. But the Bible also says, and this is so crucial, and Jesus also said this in John 13, verse 35, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. You see, our witness will be very, very much hampered if we don't have love for one another. What I've always loved about CCK in Plumstead is that we are a group of very diverse uh, people from very, very many different uh, backgrounds, nationalities. And uh, it's wonderful because you don't get that, generally speaking, anywhere else. God has brought so many different uh, peoples together here and, uh, and as we display love and care and concern and compassion for one another, so the world will look on and say, how does that happen? How does that go? So as much as taking and, and, and praying for the sick and seeing them healed, they are looking in and saying, what's going on in here? And if they see a church that really doesn't care much about each other, but just has some gifts to give, they're going to be excited for a bit and then say, well, it's no different to the world. Okay, you might have something a bit weird going on, uh, but actually, you know, you, you know, when I go down to the to, to my my club or my, you know, people are backbiting and getting on and, and moaning and complaining. If I see that here, well, you're no different, are you? <laughs> and so, Jesus is saying, actually, if you you need to display, we need to display something totally fundamentally different when we look at each other and when we 
relate to each other. And this is what Paul is appealing to here. He's saying, guys, please, for my sake, for Christ's sake, love one another. Love one another. And this love he's talking about isn't the sort of, sort of gooey, touchy-feely love that, well, oh, yeah, I just feel love for you guys, you know. <laughs> and it has no impact upon how we behave. The love we're talking about, and Jesus is the example he uses. And the example of Jesus, of course, is, is in John 3.16, that wonderful verse. God so loved the world that he gave. There was such love in God. He didn't just feel warm and fuzzy towards us. He gave the very thing that was most dear to him for our sake. And so true love is, can only be expressed as we give. As we give of ourselves to one another. And this is what Paul is appealing to. He's saying, look at Jesus. Have you got the love that Jesus has for you, for one another? Are you prepared to give of yourself for those in the church? And so, this is Paul's appeal. But he starts, it's really important he starts with this. In verse 1 of Philippians, he says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... He starts with this. Actually, guys, you're not going to love each other unless you have a wonderful experience of God for yourself. So gathering for encounter is absolutely right. It's even before we love each other. We need to know the love and the compassion and the goodness and the grace of God in our own hearts. And so there's nothing wrong with coming into a place like this and just meeting with God. Just, I know James used this expression that when there's one drop of the spirit in the place, I'm going to go for it. In a sense, in a little bit of a selfish way. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to receive something from God. And that's absolutely right. That we receive the love and the grace and the mercy of God. Not just once when we get saved, but day by day we come and encounter the love and the grace of God. Because that's the fundamental, that's the basis of everything that we do. And so... And so uh, Paul says, if, you, if you've received something of this, and if you've been encouraged by the love of God, if you've sp- fellowship with the Spirit, if you've known the Holy Spirit at work in your life, if you've known God's tenderness and compassion on your life, then actually let that spill out. Let that spill out. So in verse 2, make my joy complete. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. What he's saying here is this. Like-minded, as in, be like Jesus. That's how I understand that verse. Be like him. He gave up everything for the sake of you. He, He gave himself for you. Be like that. Having the same love. Having the same love that Jesus had. We can't do that. Well, actually, we can because God says we love because He first loved us. Once we've received the love of God, we've actually got something to give. When we've received something, we get a deposit in us that actually enables us to to love others. So, if we are saved this morning, if we have received Jesus, we have something to give someone else. 
And I want to just, in a, in a moment, go on to say, well, because many people might say, well, I've got nothing to give. I said, that's not true. If you've got something of the love of Jesus, you've already got something. All apart from gifting and stuff, actually, if we've received love, we've got love to give. And so, Paul's appealing to that. Have the love that Jesus has for you, for one another. He then goes on in verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. This can be a little bit difficult verse. What Paul was appealing to here is actually we can do stuff in the church, we can do stuff for one another, but we can do it for the wrong motive. And I was thinking about what, uh, what it is to have do stuff out of selfish ambition. Basically, that's to gain some advantage for yourself by doing something. Uh, gaining some standing, uh, gaining some status, maybe. Um, a great example of, or a very extreme example of this is, I don't know if anybody watches The Apprentice? Yes. Apprentice, yeah. Um, basically, that's a group of people who are drawn together and they compete with each other to get a, an investment of money from Lord Sugar to start a business. And, um, and they get divided into teams each week, these people. And so they're supposed to work together as a team to win the task. But if you ever watch this programme, in the middle of that, all of them, or majority of them, are working out how they, in the midst of this team, can get an advantage. How they can look better than their teammates. How they can be seen, or, or to, uh, if things are starting to go bad, how they can distance themselves so that they won't be fired by Lord Sugar. And if you watch that programme, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not very nice, actually, but how human nature can work. But actually, they're supposed to be a team, but actually all the time, they're thinking, how can, how can I get ahead? How can I use this to my advantage? And, uh, and actually, it's not very nice in that respect, uh, some of it. And, uh, and actually, that can creep into the church if we're not careful. We can think, actually, I'm going to do this because actually it's going to benefit me. And, and, and Paul says, don't do that. Actually, Jesus, if you look at Jesus again, he gave up everything. He was in perfect unity with the Father and the Spirit in heaven. There was nothing to be gained by him, for himself, giving himself for us. And yet he did it, simply because he loved us. And so that was the motivation we're looking at. That's tough, but actually, through Jesus and through the Spirit, we can have such love for one another. So that's what selfish ambition... Vain conceit is also something uh, that that is easy to happen in in the church. And that's basically to say, I'm doing this, uh, look at me, aren't I good? Um, Now, to be honest... Uh, well, I've done that. I've done something in the church and I thought, hmm, I've done this. I, I'd like someone just to notice this. So, you know, so, you know I've, I've, I did, uh, anybody, anybody see? The, no, no one saw that. No, I won't do that again. It's, that can creep in, can't it? We do stuff and we want, oh, well, I would like someone to notice. No, it's good. It's good to appreciate people and I'm not having a go at that. Uh, and in fact, that's, that's absolutely right. And I, uh, uh, I want to, when people do things in the church, it's right that we appreciate them. But that must never be our motive. To 
to, to say, I want people to see how good I am. I want people to see how, what a humble servant I am. Um, and we can tell that, because when we do something and no one says anything, our heart will say, oh, I'm not doing that again. And then we have to say, no, I'm going to do it, because I'm serving and I'm loving, and I'll do it whether people see it or not. Um, and, uh, and that's sort of something we have to all deal with, we, you know, because actually we love being noticed and, and being praised, and that's a human trait. But actually, actually, there's doing stuff in the church that people, there's lots of stuff that's done in the church that no one notices, and people do it through a heart because they want to serve and they want to love. There's a whole group of people that come before the service and just serve us by uh, clearing up and t- washing the toilets and, and all that sort of stuff. And they never, they never come and say, well, I think, I think you should announce how wonderful I've been. No, they just do it because they love us. They want to serve us. And, uh, and God will bless them for that. And uh, whether we acknowledge them or not, actually, God is pleased with their heart of service. And, and so that's, that's how we, 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 we judge ourselves. <laughs> Am I looking for, for, for recognition here? And this the last bit of that is, in humility, consider others better than yourself. Now, this is a slightly uh, unfortunate translation in uh, the NIV. A better translation is, in humility, esteem others above yourself. Honour others above yourself. Look to others as worthy of preferential treatment. That's what that, what's encapsulated in that verse. So that actually, when you get to a place like this and you're enjoying the word of God, actually, oh, I could go and pray for someone and they will be blessed even more. Or, or actually, I'm so pleased that person has got a job. I haven't got a job, still, and I'll pray for God for a job, but I'm going to rejoice with you getting a job. That is what it means to, to honour and esteem others, even when we are struggling. Oh, it's so good this person's been here. I've had this... Pain in my leg for, for years, but I'm going to rejoice that someone has been healed, and uh, and I'm going to I'm going to just honour them and esteem them, and I'm going to look for their needs above my own, and that's what it means, and, and that's a hard thing, particularly if we've been living with stuff that are struggling with situations, and we feel a bit resentful. We can we can that we can start feeling resentful because to God and. Uh, and Jamie was, and that little word that Rob brought is, is about that disappointment. How come I'm like this and they seem to be blessed all the time? And actually, it needs the heart of God to come and say, Actually, I'm so glad that you're blessed. I, I'm not there yet, but you know, I'm so grateful that you have received so much from God and I'm going to bless you and honour you. And that's what, that's what the heart of, of being a community together is. Not just saying, I, I, well, until I get this for myself, well, I'm not going to bless anybody. And finally, in verse 4, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. What that says to me is that all of us come to this place with our own needs and our own desires, our own wants, the stuff that, that we need. We have our own interests. And actually it's not wrong to come here and say, God, I need you to bless me. I need you to help me. I need to receive something from you today. That's not wrong. That's absolutely right. But that mustn't consume us so totally that unless I receive this, I'm not going to do anything else. In fact, I'm going to look around. I'm going to find a church that meets my needs. 
And I'm gonna, that's, all I, that's all I care about. And, uh, and if this church isn't meeting money, I'm going to go somewhere else. Until my needs are met, that's, that's the way it is. And what Paul is saying here, no, no, that's not the attitude. It's right that we come here. And I, I want people to come here, and, and I know this is James Hart, and this is what worship is about here, is to encounter God and receive good things. And we believe that's what happens. It's wonderful when we worship together. Um, uh, so we want that. We want people's needs to be met. But actually, in the midst of that, he's saying, well, actually, look for somebody else. Think about how you can bless other people. You may not have all your needs met, but that doesn't mean you can't bless others. Don't look only for your own needs, but also for the interests of others. So as people of God, to be, to be the family of God, we should be, all of us, every single one, be looking and saying, how can I bless? How can I, how can I give out? I've, I've received something of the love of God. I can, I can bless someone with the love of God. I can, I can reach out. I can do that. And it's that way of thinking that Paul is appealing to. What, are you thinking this way? Are you doing this way? This is what Jesus did for you. This is how Jesus behaved. We have to be sensible. Just because there's a need doesn't mean that I have to fill it. There's often a case, and I remember uh, Colin Potter speaking about uh, something similar. Colin Potter started this church, and I remember he used to preach and then um, he used to preach on, on, on various subjects, and sometimes he would be preaching on, on how we can serve one another better. And, uh, and he said, often what happens is that the people who are giving the most come up and say, oh, thank you for that, I need to do a little bit more. And he's saying, no, that's not quite what I meant. Because actually, when people have got that heart, and they look and they see needs, they'll just go and they'll try and meet it. And what that can happen is you can end up just running around trying to meet every single need, and you start neglecting your own heart and your own life. And actually that's not what Paul is saying here. Actually, as a body we serve one another. We not have two or three people in the body doing everything. And it's important that those people know when to say, no, no, that's that's not right for me. I'm I'm just going to just be in the presence of God. I'm not going to because actually I need to receive from God today. Um, So I think we just have to be, always have to have a balance here. Uh, there's people with such a heart to serve that they will, they will exhaust themselves for the sake of others. And that's wonderful to see to an extent, but actually if they get exhausted completely, that's not good. We all need uh, to know actually what God is calling us to. I just want to sort of go through then to some, some pointers for us. Firstly, just to... I'll say summarise, it's going to take a few minutes to summarise, so don't think I'm just about to finish and you can all go. Just to summarise what Paul's saying then, the first thing is, I'm enjoying a relationship with God. That's got to be first and foremost. I'm enjoying his love, I'm enjoying his presence, I'm enjoying him. I'm enjoying the fellowship of the Spirit, I'm, I'm meeting with him, knowing his love. Knowing what he's like, knowing that he gave up so much for me, enjoying that, going through that passage in, in Philippians, looking what God did for us, and just reveling in his love, empowered by the Spirit. That's the first thing that we need to have. We need to have that if we're going to serve one another well. The second thing we move on to is I, and this is, I feel is so important, I have something to give. I have something to give. You see, we're not going to serve each other if we don't believe we've got anything to give. And, and I think I want, uh, 
when we get into our small groups, each of you are going to bring something to that group. And I want to encourage every single person who is sat here today to join up to one of those small groups because you can receive from God in those groups, but you can also give in those groups. You can bless others. Every single one has got something that will bless each other. I'm going to embarrass a few people now. I'm not actually... Well, they might be embarrassed. Um, I'm not going to mention names. But a few weeks ago, uh, we had a, a session with our wonderful youth, who are sat over there, where we um, <coughs> prophesied over one another. We brought something of God. It was a wonderful evening. I really enjoyed it. It was brilliant. Uh, the reason I enjoyed it is twofold. Firstly, everybody in the group that was there brought something from God. I was so encouraged that every single person had something that they felt God say to them about someone else in the group. It was so encouraging. They had, they had uh, learning to hear from God and bring a blessing. Some of the things that were brought, uh, one of them, Amazing love for others, especially those outside the church. This is what someone was brought for one person in the group. Another person in the group. They, when they enter the room, they affect the atmosphere. And they change it and they make it better. Another one had hidden gems that they can pull out and bring a blessing. Something amazing that you wouldn't expect. There's another one who was a warrior. Able to stand against arguments and take ground. Someone who was known for being steadfast and loyal, strong, not easily swayed. And another one, ability to lead in worship and bridge gaps between people. Now, this, this is just in our little group that we had. And it was wonderful to hear. For two reasons. Firstly, because people were bringing prophetic gifts. But secondly, and as I thought about this afterwards, I thought... That is an amazing powerhouse of gifts that these people have. And I was thinking, if I was in a situation where I was struggling and I was in a, in a place where um, things weren't going well, I want someone to come into the room who's going to change the atmosphere. I want someone in that room who's got hidden gems who can bring something out and just bring a way forward. Because I don't have all the answers. You may think I do, and I obviously look like I do. <laughs> but I don't. I don't have all these answers. I can be in a situation, I think, what am I doing now? And if someone's there, yeah. who can change the atmosphere, who can bring hidden gems, who comes as a warrior and says, I'm going to fight in this, or who's prepared to stand alongside me and say, I'm going to stay, well, however badly this is going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand beside you. I need those people in the room. This was just a group of ordinary, I say ordinary, they're not ordinary at all. A group of young people. This is multiplied across this church because I think, I believe, no, I don't think, I know that when we get into a room and we prophesy over each other, there will be equal amounts of gifting and gifting and wonderful things in each of us. That, and, and the thing about gifts, we think, oh, I've got a gift. Oh, wonderful. It's not for you. It's for somebody else. Think about the wise men taking these gifts. 
got to Mary and Joseph. Oh, that's wonderful gold. And Mary said, oh, that's got No, I'm not giving you that. I'm going to take this for myself. The story would have been somewhat different, wouldn't it? No, these gifts are for others. You know, this is for you. This gift that I've got, oh, it's wonderful. I thank you, God, that you've given me a gift, but it's not for me. It's for you. The ability to speak and prophesy is not for me. It's for you. If I'm going to be someone that has got hidden talents and hidden gifts, that's for you. So I'm going to bring those out and bless you. And, and that's what each of you will bring. Each of you will bring. And some of you say, well, I haven't got any gifts. That's not true. That's not what the Word of God says. And actually, one of the wonderful things that we, we do when we prophesy of each other is that we call out the gold. We call out what's there. And so if you get to one of these groups, one of the things that, that will be happening at some point is that you'll have an opportunity just to pray and prophesy over each other and you'll call out those gifts. And suddenly you'll realise, oh, actually, I do have something to bring. But even, even if you don't know what your gift is, if you've experienced the love of God, you've got that to bring. You've got that to bring. That's what Paul's saying. Bring, bring that out. Bring that out. Everybody here makes a difference. Everybody. Everybody here has got something of God. And if you're not here, if you don't bring it, we are missing something. Because that's what the church is about. Oh, it doesn't matter if I don't turn up. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Actually, it's an opportunity for you to show the love of God to somebody. And that's what we're called to do as people of God. So finally, I'm enjoying the relationship with God. I have something to give. Finally, and this is a challenge to us, I will actively seek to bless others. I will actively seek to bless others. Let that, just think about that for a moment. Will you say that? Paul's appeal was this. Will you bless others? Will you, will you go out of your way? Will you give yourself? And Christ is your example. Will you do that? This is the true mark of what it means to be a, a, a follower of Christ. A follower of someone who does what Jesus did. A follower of Christ is someone who says, I'm going to give myself for the sake of others. And it's going to cost me. And it's going to be painful at times. But I'm going to do it because I love these people. And I love them because Christ first loved me. And so I want us to challenge us ourselves, really, is to say, am I going to do that? Am I going to get involved in a small group? Am I going to be here on a Sunday regularly so I can bless others? Am I prepared to go and pray for someone? You know, again, I've heard this before. Well, no one wants, you know, my prayers, uh, you know, people don't want me to pray for them. They want, they want Tim or Jamie. What nonsense is that? Where does that come from? Where is that from the Bible? If you pray in the name of Jesus... It doesn't matter whether you're, you became a Christian today or 50 years ago. It's him that makes the difference. Yeah. It's not even my words. I can, I can mumble all sorts. If I'm doing it in Jesus' name, you're going to be blessed. And, and that's true of every single person here. So we should actively seek to bless by praying, by, by, and then serving, by, by spending time giving of yourself to help others to, to serve in the church, to do whatever you can. Now I accept there's, there's people have pressures on their time and, and all sorts of other things 
And it's as we are able. It's as we are able, because of all that goes on. But let me encourage you to be respond to the appeal of the Apostle Paul that we may love one another and actively seek to bless others. Let's just pray. Yeah, Father, I thank you for Yeah, I thank you for Jesus. Lord, what a what a glorious example he is. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave up everything for me. And you did it because you loved me. You didn't did it do it because you gained, Lord? Yes, you did. You, you gained us as people, and Lord, that, that's the joy that you saw. But Father, you didn't need to do this. And Lord, I thank you so much that you emptied yourself for me. And uh, Father, you are exalted to the highest place. Absolutely. And we honour you and we worship you. And Lord, I just pray, God, that we will see you. And, and Lord, as we receive your love, we may just work out that love amongst one another. Lord, help us to be those that give of ourselves for each other. Lord, that the world may see that we are your disciples. Lord, because we love one another so much. Lord, I thank you for what you've built here. I thank you for what you've brought to us here. Different cultures, different nationalities, different backgrounds. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, let us be knitted together as we love and serve one another and, and give ourselves to one another. Lord, I pray you'd help us. Give us grace for this, Lord. Give us grace, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just uh, before we finish, just this, I ask God, I want you to be convinced that before the foundation of the world, He knew you and He's prepared good works in advance for you to do. That you've got gold in you, there's jewels in you, there's things that He wants to bring out of you. Yeah, we, we thank you that no one's excluded here from that. It's a wonderful prophetic word that someone can call out the, 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 the jewels that are in us. Be fully convinced you're included. Yeah, be fully convinced. And one of the things I would say to you that one of the great ways of finding out what those treasures are is get stuck in and start somewhere. Uh, my own testimony is my first ever role and responsibility in church was 67 blackcurrant juices on a Sunday for crash in a church in Leicester. That was the first role I ever had, and it just got me momentum. It just got me started. It's so much easier for God to move a ship that's moving than one that's just stuck. So if you're thinking, what is the treasure I've got? Be convinced you've got some, okay? You've got gifts, you've got talents, you've got respon- You've got stuff that is put in you. Uh, you've got a race to run, you've got a lane to run in, you've got good works that have been prepared in advance for you to do. And you might think, what is that? Come and see us and say, I want to discover it. To help me discover it, the best way is get stuck in and start serving. God will open doors for you as, as you give yourself into momentum. Sometimes he can, he can do more of a person who's got a hand down the toilet than a person who's waiting in the prayer room saying, come and speak to me. Mm. Yeah? It's actually practical service. It's, it's a key, wonderful way of discovering the purposes of God for your life. So you've heard it, you've got it, you've got stuff, he's preparing the for you to, you to do. Come and see us and say, what can I do? <laughs> Where can I serve? How can I get stuck in? How do I discover? And we'll, we'll help you do that. Yes, anyway, with particular skin condition on your hands. Okay. You might know somebody. Yes. 
Yeah, we'd like to pray for you as well. And I just want to, we want to pray for any, any issues of kidney. I know anybody's got issues of kidney, renal stuff going on. Yeah, we want to pray. Your sister, I'd love to pray for that renal. And anything we to do with the eye, really, just eye, eye pain, eye strain, just to, to pray. Bronchitis, respiratory stuff as well. Yeah. yeah words of knowledge just to stir our faith. He, he, he loves to heal. <laughs> He's always wanted to heal. Jesus never turned away anybody, and they went away the same. You know, you could be any kind of sickness this morning, and he wants to meet that and heal that. So, yeah, we thank you for your presence with us this morning, God. We thank you that, Jesus, your heart was always to create the church, to call people out from all the nations, to belong to one another, love one another, and serve one another. We wonderful Saviour, we thank you. Mm. Thank you that we called out ones, yeah. called out to belong to you. That Jesus Christ, you're building your church. Amen. 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 Amen.